Hello, and thanks for joining us. You're listening to the Citation Podcast with me, Emma McGrath, Professional Support Lawyer at Citation. In today's episode, I'll be discussing five key considerations when it comes to implementing a dress code policy in your business, including why employers may be considering this, to making it most appealing for your employees, and avoiding the common problems. Okay, so first of all, to consider why you may want to introduce a dress policy and what are its benefits. So some of the common reasons why an organisation might look at putting one into place could be things like it psychologically puts people into work mode to dress in a certain way. It might enforce the sort of the work culture or the, the brand internally. There might be health and safety reasons why you want your staff to wear certain clothing If your staff are customer facing, then you may want them to project a certain image. The key is it's all about balancing the business's needs against employees' needs. In particular, the more you impose in terms of the dress code, the more you are infringing on their freedom to express themselves. So secondly, to think about what impact imposing a dress code might have on someone's individuality. Standards do change a lot in terms of how people dress. So, for example, it's far more common to see people with tattoos and piercings now. If that is something that you're looking to really restrict, then it could actually restrict the people that you're able to employ. During the pandemic, quite a lot of us have got used to more comfort dressing. And again, this might be something that employers want to take into account when they're considering what to ask people to wear at work. Smart casual has become so much more common nowadays than sort of formal business wear from a few years ago. And it's also important to think about people's own individual needs. So, for example, some people may feel more uncomfortable if they're required to wear a uniform that's quite tight. The third consideration I'm going to talk about is how to make introducing a dress policy more appealing to employees. Perhaps a good approach on this is to think about the more flexible you are in terms of the dress code, then the more likely it is to be appealing to employees. So you might want to think about actually banning items of clothing rather than prescribing what people have to wear. For example, you might want to say that employees shouldn't wear trainers or football shirts or ripped clothing. This sort of wear is generally accepted as being more casual And also, it shouldn't run into any kind of discrimination issues to ban these items. You might want to think about having a standard policy for general wear, but then perhaps have something like dress down Fridays. Or if the weather is extreme, for example, very cold or very hot, you might also relax the dress code on those particular days. Quite often, people are grateful to be able to wear sandals if it is extremely hot. You should think about what you're trying to achieve with the dress code because you'll want to try and sell this to the employees when you're introducing it. So thinking about the balance between their rights and the purpose of the policy. It might be a good idea to have within the policy the purpose for introducing it, and that can in itself make it more appealing to employees because they understand where you're coming from. So for example, if you're imposing a uniform, then if this is to project a certain brand, the employees can feel that they understand why this is. Another advantage of making the dress code more flexible is that it could fit in better into the employee's lifestyle. So, for example, if someone is going out after work, then they can dress to be ready for this during the daytime as well. Also, if you're not requiring someone to wear particular clothing, then it's not forcing them to spend money on items of clothing that they might not wear in their other areas of life. 
One of the really important areas when drafting a dress code is to be really mindful of discrimination claims. So dress code policies can spark a flurry of debates, but every so often dress code cases can even hit employment tribunals in relation to discrimination claims. So there's a few areas to be mindful of. First of all, think about is the clothing that you're requiring employees to wear going to discriminate against disabled workers? So some clothing may be particularly uncomfortable for certain medical conditions. It's really important to be aware of transgender issues. So try and make the policy as gender neutral as you can, but in particular allow allow transgender employees to follow the dress code in a way that matches their gender identity. And of course this must include where people identify as non-binary as well. If you do want to distinguish between male and female employees in terms of what they wear, then make sure that the rules require the same standard of both. For example, it wouldn't be appropriate to require male employees to wear ties, but allow female employees to wear t-shirts, even if that's under a smart business suit. It's pretty unusual now for an organisation to require women to wear makeup, but if they do have a ruling in this kind of vein, then it's really important to ensure that male employees are required to have the same standard of personal care. It's also really important to be mindful of religious discrimination claims. So, for example, if an organisation has a rule about clean-shaven faces or no head coverings, then this can, of course, impact on certain religious groups. This could lead to claims of indirect discrimination, so basically that what that means is that there's a rule which adversely affects one particular group of people more than others. So an example could be if an organisation has a rule about not wearing headgear, then this could discriminate against Muslim women. One way to defend a claim for indirect discrimination is if you can justify the rule. So, for example, if employees are working with dangerous machinery where headgear could get caught in it, This could be a reason for imposing a rule that no headgear is allowed. But again, it's really important to think very carefully about it and also to think whether there's any way of compromising. So, for example, the machinery that somebody's working with could be dangerous in terms of wearing a necklace with a religious symbol on. But perhaps you could agree that they could wear a brooch with that symbol on, which wouldn't have the same health and safety implications. So finally, just thinking about introducing a policy. It's a good idea to consult with staff when actually writing the policy itself to get their ideas and input. And this can in itself help to address any issues early on. When introducing the actual written document, again, this is a good idea to consult with staff and introduce it in perhaps a team meeting where they've got a chance to put forward any views at that point as well. And then it's also really helpful to have a discussion with managers to make sure that people are consistent in the way that they introduce the policy and enforce the policy if necessary. If employees can see that everyone across the business is complying with the policy, then they're much more likely to fall in line. We're coming to the end of today's podcast episode, so thank you to our listeners for joining us. If you're in need of the backing of citations experts on any of the topics discussed today, get in touch with us at podcast at citation.co.uk. Thank you and goodbye.